Hello and welcome to Turning Point Tactics, the competitive Kill Team 40k podcast and YouTube channel focusing on giving you the strategies and tactics to seize initiative every turning point. I'm your host Ryan and I'm joined by the jester to the king in the north, Connor. How are you doing this Connor? Good, thanks Ryan. And this is a, a, another special episode as we have a guest appearance, uh, the former other guy, the silent king who needed no name but has now been rebranded. The menace of Manchester, the nightmare of Nottingham, the Lucifer of La- London, the bad apple of the bunch, the other guy they told you not to worry about. It's Mean Ben. Welcome to the show, Ben. How you doing? Yeah, good. I mean, that, I don't think uh, that intro can be beaten. So yeah, <laughs> great, great little uh, uh, piece for me there. We, we, we spent a little bit of time crafting that one, <laughs> going right back and forth. See, in there as well, there was, there was a little little nod, which some people, law fans, might get, which is obviously the Silent King, because recently uh, you won King of the North, but what faction did you take? Cause it's kind of interesting. Yeah, so I uh, took Heretech Circle. Um, so first tournament with them. Um, had a few games beforehand, but, but did pretty well. Absolutely crushed it. So you managed to get... I mean, it's, it's, we'll, we'll spoil it straight away. Uh, you managed to come away with with first place, didn't you? Uh, yeah. So uh, first place, I think two of us went uh, undefeated, four and zero through the tournament. Uh, but I ended up with the high attack ops. Uh, so yeah, came away with first. It's all about this tiebreak, isn't it? It's one of those things we say about knowing the win condition because it, it really, really is important when you go into the majority of tournaments, unless they're huge two day events, or whatever. But the majority of tournaments come down to tiebreakers. So. Um, we'll we'll talk about tack ops in a bit because I think that's that's probably um, interesting to, to hear what you chose and and what you would take again and what you wouldn't that sort of stuff. Um, so I mean, firstly, because obviously you're one of the, the major tos up in Manchester, um, can you tell me a little bit about the event where it's hosted? Roughly how many players you had and um, sort of the, the terrain choices you made and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, so yeah, obviously, so myself and Dan, or D's Nuts for uh, those of you on Discord, uh, we run the uh, King in the North tournaments in Manchester. Uh, it's actually in Stockport, um, but we, we kind of don't um, really publicise publicise that. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's uh, Element Games, um, where I know you've got an affiliate link to. Um, but yeah, so this was our biggest tournament to date. Uh, so we've kind of been running them since early last year. So 36 players in total. Uh, which is good turnout, so 40 tickets sold, so so good on the day. Uh, Four-round event, uh, we do mixed tables, opening into the dark. Um, we don't kind of try and do two rounds of open, two into the dark. We just have mixed tables, and it's just potluck um, what you get. Uh, we do use your map pack, uh, so the uh, Turning Point Static map pack was in use for all of the open, uh, and then obviously the, uh, the close quarters, uh, six objective pack uh, for into the dark. Ideal. I'm just going to say there, Connor, there's, there's a few things you can take away from Ben there. You see how he just seamlessly plugged stuff that we need in there. You know, the map pack, the element games, but it leaves. He improvised that. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, he even said affiliate right first time. Ben, I was practicing it in the drive all the way home <laughs> just to show ben, do you want, up. Do you want a job? Do you want a job? You can <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank, just, come on again. This is it. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just keep doing sound bites for the, uh, for the channel. That's fine. <laughs> Ideal, it's what we need. Um, yeah, awesome. So obviously I've been to quite a few of the King of the North tournaments and I, th- I think they are really, really well, well run. Um, the, 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 the whole scene you have out there is, is, is super friendly. It's getting, and I'll, I'll say this, like more and more competitive. Um, 
And I think the fact that some of uh, you know London's best players, whatever, went up there the other day and and didn't didn't walk away with a trophy is is really showing the strength of the of the growing meta in the north, which is awesome to see because you know across the UK, I think each independent seed is now just like growing bigger and bigger and getting better and better, and that's that, that's what we want. And so um, I'm hoping we'll see a whole bunch of you guys down in the Nottingham um, tournament in December, but also our own tournament in November uh, in London because I, I want to see like the Notts Kill team and the Manchester Kill team teams come down to London and, and play amongst the masses. I think it'd be really, really awesome to see. Um, okay, so Horatech Circle, we haven't seen too many podiums with them. Um, and they've had a few buffs going forwards, and other teams that's the main challenge had a few nerfs. But was there a certain reason in in mind that you went, you know what, I'm taking Horitech to this uh, to this tournament? Was there, was there something that, that appealed to you about them? Um, well, actually, uh, I kind of bought them um, on a whim in September, um, so I was just kind of in element, had some vouchers for uh, store, and it was pretty much one of the only kill teams I didn't have. Uh, also, at the time, I think the the general rating was around about a B, um, which then meant um, any time I played down on a Friday night, uh, it's just always more satisfying crushing him with a, a B tier team. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you level the playing field, but no, you, you still crushed him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just in uh, his defence, were you playing with or without doors? Because I reckon his Gellapox was still banging on that door trying to get through. Uh, it's yeah, we, we have to play doors, otherwise he'll probably refuse to play now after his uh, <laughs> after his experience at, uh, in Manchester. <laughs> oh geez, yeah, Warhammer Fest was a that was a whole thing, wasn't it? Um, but we, we'll be on that now. So uh, basically, you, you wanted a B tier team to go and beat people up, but post the buffs, you've uh, your opinion might change, maybe. Yeah, um, I think they're a good team. Uh, so to be honest, the first few games with them, I, if I'm really honest, hated them. Um, so that <laughs> we're talking about from a weakness point of view, they are unbelievably punishing if you deploy badly. Um, and I think I kind of learned that in the first two or three games. You, you suddenly realise in turning point one that everything's in the wrong place or your synergies aren't kicking in, um, and then you really struggle. Um, also, kind of played recon at first, and couldn't get that to work, and then switched to security. Uh, but yeah, I think from the buffs now, they are a good team. Um, they're far better on open than into the dark, I personally think, uh, but they've got a, a lot of uh, tricks and, and tools that they can use. So that's something that I think is really interesting that you've touched on there is the, the tack up choice. So um, there's, there's a few players whose like, opinions I, 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 I really do rate. Um, you're one and so is uh, Clostry as another. And now both of you have said the way to go forward with tack ops um, on this team is security. So I think for people who are maybe playing higher tech and struggling and, and running recon, I, I know that usually I bias myself towards recon. Um, I think maybe listen to the advice of some other people who have a bit more experience in that field and, and, and pick up security. But building on that, um, what do you think about their faction tack ops and the security deck slash recon deck? Your overall thoughts, what, what, what would you do, wouldn't, wouldn't you do with them? Yeah, um, so I think when I played Recon, um, tried, I kind of got caught in a trap of trying to get Recover Item um, and their version, um, whatever it's called, the, the two APL un Unearth or, or the Artifact one. Unearth yeah, um, trying to get those to work together and then you, you just end up like losing the model that's that's gone over there and then you, you're on the back foot and then you just don't have the mobility to 
to, to get around other than on your fly models that generally speaking you need them to be doing something else anyway um you've just sunk a lot of apl um on a on few models trying to score uh, those tack ops um whereas from a security point of view it feels like you are a team that like you, your biggest weakness is your mobility um so almost that doesn't matter because effectively in security you're like right i'm going to get to midboard on turning point two and now it's your turn to try and get me off it um and i'm going to sit on the center i'm going to sit on the center line um and then probably depending on the board layout i'm, I'm going to go seize ground um uh, and, and try and clear you out off there however i do find seize grounds the one that probably is the easiest to deny um, and you end up sometimes only scoring one out of two on that. Um, and then on some of the other teams, I'll, I'll pop escort operative, um, as you probably saw against Russ on um, uh, GFN, when we did the bat rep against Gellapox, mainly because from a Cryptek point of view, if you can keep him alive, you, you've got that fly mobility where I think actually getting him into the back line right at the end of the game um, is, is quite an easy one. And yeah, because as well, with with a resurrection, you effectively get one free chance to let them die and then you can reanimate them and, and throw them back in um, towards the end. So normally when your, you know, your main model goes down, your escort operative, it'd be, you know, game over, loss of two points, but you can almost afford to just let that play out a little bit longer, which is pretty helpful. Um, the, the, I think there's some really interesting points that you just brought out there which I, i'm going to just uh focus on a little bit so the um one of the things that i find with recon is it, it does favor those high mobility teams and the ability to be able to move up the board very quickly towards the end of turning point three and four whilst but during that turning point you need to maintain those threat ranges and i guess one of the, the the weaknesses of this team is that they are they are quite slow um and therefore you can't necessarily do that large movement uh Outside some niche cases, the Cryptek and um, some some buffs that you can give, but generically they're, they're quite slow, so you can't you can't get them across. Um, and this is another conversation that we I've started to have a little bit over the last last few weeks, whether where I talk about the sort of the two different styles of team, and one is like a, a sort of American football style of set piece plays where everyone knows what they're going to do and, and you and you plan it out and, and away you go, vice like dynamic plays, and I guess. The point there, which you said about recover item, is a it tells tells your opponent exactly where you're committing all of your resources to do all of your VP, so they can then just bias themselves into that. And then equally, you don't have the ability to to throw more resources there if it goes wrong. So I think that's a really good point to, to take out is that if you, if you're committing all your eggs into that one basket and then suddenly your, your enemy can do the same, well potentially they can bring in reinforcements quicker than you can, and then you're then you're looking at potentially a four-point negative swing, which should be pretty painful going forwards. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's some really interesting points. And hopefully people out there playing Hyrotech can take this as well. We're going to talk a bit more about Hyrotech as well. Um, but back to the tournament, um, which teams did you end up playing against? Yeah, so I had uh, Star Striders, uh, turning, point one, uh, turning Point 1, Round 1, Star Striders, Round 3 as well. Um, vet guard, uh, I think in round two, um, and then uh, legionary um, in in the uh, in the final round. So quite a good blend then. You sort of had two mid range teams, a horde team, and an elite team. So that's, that's quite a lot of things to contend with. Out of those teams, which did you find to be the the hardest matchup between those those styles? Yeah. So weirdly, the one that ended up with the the kind of the the highest score in my 
favour, uh, but only from a tack up scoring on, on his part. So Vetgard, um just the the sheer number of models and, and kind of threat options that he had. Um when we, we talk about kind of the the, the gotcha piece. One of the things I'd always say with with Heretic uh, Circle is that like Cryptek is absolutely key to everything you do, um, and pretty much keeping him alive is is kind of the, the key piece. Uh, but in that game, turning point three, um, I effectively chronoed on himself. He already had the four plus um, invun, and just flew him into the back line just to cause absolute chaos. Um, Basically, what that then did was got a couple of kills, but then the kind of plasma, sniper, leader, grenade launcher, um, to be fair, some of his dice were shocking, but that, that happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but between the four-up invun and then the five-up feel no pain um, from that, pretty much drew a round of shooting. Um, it did die in the end, which was fine. Um, but by that point, he was nowhere near mid-board. Um, so kind of from a distraction point of view, I then had complete control for, for central control and, and center line that he'd also gone for. Uh, but turning point two, it just looked like I was just going to get swarmed and there wasn't really much to do. So it's, it's, it's an interesting one because there's like the, the amount of like firepower you have to put into something with a four plus model save, that many wounds... And a five up feel no pain is insane. I'm interested to do the maths on it. I know Connor likes to do the maths on these sort of things quite a lot. Um, so maybe you can do it in the background. But what now? the fact that each time you save one of those wounds, it comes back and it's hidden. <laughs> yeah, Connor, what else are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's here for. He, he's a stats yeah. guy. <laughs> the stats and affiliate guy. Um, <laughs> that and uh, sh- shouting corn, corn, corn. Um, but like bet- between the two, like, I-, I think that is such a good defensive combo. Because also you can have the, if they're not in cover, you get to retain the cover dice as well, ploy, um, which for durability, just just stacking one after the other is is pretty rough to chew through. Um, and it took it, well, it took an entire vet guard turn of shooting to to down them. And then really, he's not even dead. Did he manage to pass the reanimate roll to get him back later yeah, on? Yeah, came back turning point four. <laughs> there you go. So, um, and that's rough. Uh, so, but, you know, that's, that's part of it. So... It's interesting. So in that strategy, obviously the Cryptek was was absolutely key. I imagine that's going to be the same to pretty much every single one of your games. Um, was there any other, you know, uh, different equipment choices or weapon choices that you you made throughout the course of the day, like um, to, to to mix things up as you went through? Yeah. So I guess when again when we talk about strengths of Heretic, like <coughs> shooting is like an absolute. Um, mega from them really isn't it i mean you're you're hitting on threes with like a a, either a punchy gun in in the gorse um or something that kind of gives you a little bit more reliability in the tesla um obviously hitting on threes but weirdly you wouldn't think them think of them as it but they are a six inch team you need that reliability from the from the re-roll um from the strategic ploy um and then when you start kind of like pumping the, the the numbers through the the guilty and calculator like you you're regularly on on both the, the ghost or the tesla kind of pushing five six through and then with a re-roll six seven um which kind of just does unbelievable damage to to, to most teams um i did flick um i actually predominantly went tesla um through 
through the games, um, mainly because obviously I was against seven, eight wound models um, that I felt at points would need to bunch up. So although you're not you, the the kind of the extension for the for the splash um, splash square instead of splash circle, uh, kind of just just chipping away those those mortal wounds um, and just getting a model down into kind of a, an easy kill um, for the next shot. Yeah, it makes, and so because I guess the the, the more wound it's splash one, right? So the fact that your gun is three four damage means that two normals against vet guard and that sort of stuff now suddenly does what it needs to uh, to actually start chipping people away. But I guess the interesting thing from that is um, it sounds like you've been listening to maybe some some good podcasts because it sounds like you think that dice don't kill people but dice with rerolls do. So um, it's probably a good thing for people to listening to take away, and um, I think that's like a. A, a hard learned lesson but the, the yeah i mean it definitely is a hard learned lesson I, I had the experience of you playing you with the uh pre-nerf star striders <laughs> <laughs> they got all the re-rolls all yeah. the re-rolls all the time um and, and that's kind of like the, the interesting thing so you're right the the reliability of, of necron shooting is in that six inch range and then but getting there is i guess the uh the difficult part so um, you have to when, you, when you're playing them, I think, really figure out how you're going to get to that sweet spot without taking too much damage because you're still only really um, six six main threat models. Um, but you, see, so you, you took Tezzers quite a lot, and you, you even took Tezzers against uh, Legionary, right? Um, yeah. So after I met with this bit of a bit of a uh, WhatsApp discussion going into the final round, where everyone was frantically pumping numbers through the kill team calculator. Um, so obviously the the opponent was going uh, full Nurgle um, and then kind of that that retainer, retainer crit. How did that throw in the numbers um, against the, the Gorse? Um, and pretty much putting the Tesla through uh, the, the, the five dice and the mortal wounds just came out on top and everything. So yes, yeah, so I went full, full Teslas. Uh, so on the Despotech and two Immortals. I guess the reason why that kind of makes sense is because because it's min damage three, you know they're going to have that up the whole game anyway. Uh, it doesn't really matter. And then because they're going to auto retain a crit, the fact that your mortal wound is is still getting through means that you're then going to still chip off that extra bit of damage each time you roll a crit. So um, that, that that's like you know, and it's one of the things which is I guess for me completely non um, obvious. You know, like if, if someone asked me off the bat, hey, do you want to take AP or five attacks and splash against elite team? My immediate response would be, "Oh, you're taking the four or five damage AP one, right? Like, why would you not?" And that's why I think it's so important for people to do that little bit of extra analysis and 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 run those numbers every now and then and just check your assumptions because it's so easy for those assumptions to be wrong, um, and then you end up with a a less effective um, um, what's it what's the phrase like a weapon choice because um, even interestingly that the, the standard deviation is less as well because you're rolling more dice and you have access to rerolls and that sort of stuff um which for those what don't know what that means it means that the the chance of you rolling a lot less and, and whiffing or burning and, and shooting a lot hotter is is less as well so uh, it sits more reliably in the middle which is another way of looking at how um how your dice work out for you um okay cool i think that's a pretty good overview of the the tournament but I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone listening is going to be absolutely focused on, on, on hearing your opinions about about the team themselves because you've got a bunch of experience with them now and you managed to perform pretty well with them. So the sort of the the threat guide uh, like that we're, we're trying to work towards is is focusing on sort of four key areas: strengths, weaknesses, uh, gotchas, and strategies. So if we start with their their strengths, do you think you could give us an, an opinion on what you think their their key strengths are? 
Yeah, so obviously we've we've already covered the the shooting, which is is kind of a, a, a given, um, given the the, the weapons. Um, but then going through the other stuff, the the cryptex just just brilliant. Um, Chronomancer on open, uh, Psychomancer on on into the dark. Um, <coughs> Chronomancer's probably my second favorite model in the game. Uh, it'll never it'll never beat the Balefire, but um, <coughs> he is amazing. Um, the the mine now just gives you so much board control. Um, so effectively, a, a twelve inch bubble, um, which just ties so well with playing security. Um, so you can effectively, I mean, yes, he has some great weapons, and and people kind of talk about the the thing about him being for alpha strikes, and <clears throat> like, yeah, okay, I, I get that. Um, but actually, keeping him alive, turning point ones more key so generally speaking unless i know he's absolutely not going to get shot back <coughs> i'll keep him on conceal um and he's there simply to to move up the board and completely deny the movement of the other team so that i can almost say <coughs> that side of the board is is going to controlled by him and i'm going to focus on the on the other um but if you do get the chance to to shoot or or even if you think that you're going to be advantageous with um kind of move in two spells you're talking a model that's kind of pseudo five apl if you include leech um and, and even just little things that people probably aren't expecting um be, because of his ability to kind of force an overwatch or an action off somebody uh, can set up some like great set pieces so basically i'm, I'm in love with him he's amazing um <clears throat> and then kind of going through the other stuff so the, the bugs seem like a little bit irrelevant. Um, obviously, the, the some people kind of get lost by the fact that they're not really dealing any damage. Um, but the combination of your bugs and the death mark, and death mark kind of coming in, so doing the strategic ploy to sorry, the attack, attack ploy to have him <coughs> somewhere in space, that's they're your only chance of kind of getting forward objectives. Um, and people probably aren't expecting it because you struggle for movement, but you you can quite easily go four two in round one um, in, in, on most things with a little bit of APL modification and, and getting the death mark um, in early. Um, so they're they're kind of the big things, and then, and then you've already touched on it as well around about the durability. So <clears throat> even without the, the kind of the field not pain and the four ups, you, you're saving on threes. You can retain even when you're not in cover uh, ten wounds, and you're healing two of those wounds every every turn. So to be honest, you, you're not really bothered about two, three, three, four weapons, um, unless it's like intercession shooting into you twice. Uh, because to to be honest, you you're retaining one. You're probably saving at least one. Okay, maybe they'll push three damage through, and then you're healing two of those at the start of the next turn. Yeah, and that's the I guess really painful thing is is you have to like you have to fully finish them, and even if you do, there's a chance they just get straight back up the next turn, and therefore you're not actually getting that benefit out of killing that model in the way in which you hope to. Um, so what you talked about then with the mine, which I, which it was like a I guess eureka moment of me to, to me, which I hadn't, hadn't thought about before, is that as you touched on there, the, the security synergy with the mine to be able to say, I'm going to go into the midboard and I'm going to deny you like up to four inches of movement a turn to be able to get here. And and that just means that 
the chance of them being able to get to that that point and contest it is so difficult, right? Um, so that is a, a really interesting synergy, which I think again just just shows where potentially that works with um, with security. Or you know, conversely, if, if you are still a diehard recon fan, um, potentially using that to to try and pair with your recover item and that sort of stuff as well is, is another option. Um, you touched on a few other things then, which, which I just want to dig into a little bit more. So you, you talked about Deathmark um, as, as part of your, your roster choice. Is he a an auto-include? Is he a bit more situational? And then also, what's your thoughts on the the Apprentech? Is that a auto-include or, or, or more situational as well? Um, so Deathmark ha- has been an auto-include um, purely on open, definitely, purely for the open deploy. Uh, the, the kind of the ad, the advanced deploy, so not for any actual damage output, or because I, I love his epic one mortal wound on his sniper rifle. <laughs> um, j- j- just because, it, especially on loot, like loot's horrific for you as a as a team. <laughs> so um, that that ability to be able to come down, loot the point before someone gets there. Um, just gives you that chance, and and you also, as we kind of talked from a durable, you are quite difficult to shift. Um, so 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 when when you're on that point, it's going to take a, a fair amount of, of work to, to kind of get you off it, and then potentially you're going to come back at the start of the next turn anyway. Um, the Apprentech, he does always feature, um, but m- mainly because. I don't want to limit myself to the cryptech having to cast both things every turn. Um, okay. Like I've said, he's just he's he's too critical um, that you need that flex from him. So what does tend to happen though a lot of the time is the apprentice. He kind of he kind of sits at the back. He's only two APL. Um, to be honest, if he's cast a spell and he's moved, then because he, he, he's not an immortal, you can't buff him with the the uh, plasma site which seems a bit odd but fine um so yeah, it seems like I'll, a, a, a unintended r- rules thing but yeah yeah so yeah every every other comms in the game you can can buff whoever you want but no 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 he's he's not allowed to be buffed okay fine um so he he takes a long time to get anywhere <laughs> if you if you use it in for the from a spells point of view, but on things like loot or, or anything else, he can sit in the in the back, um, and then also his ability then to to kind of shoot. Um, so he's pro- probably most reliable at long range. The damage isn't great. Obviously, at the end of the day, it's an AP one bolter, uh, so three, four, four shots. Um, but if your apprent- if your cryptech has taken the high ground and, and shot, shooting through him gives you like the worm blade re-roll a number um which then he, he's probably not putting anything down but can do um some reliable finishing damage that's an interesting point as well do you, do you use that quite a lot the other way as well is, is here a method of keeping your um your crypt alive longer or do you view him as that backfield moving up and, and casting spells um completely the, the the latter yeah um he he's just he just he just moves up he he he's the one who will generally if i'm running the chrono be the thing casting chronometron um because he can then give that that immortal that's also stuck in the stuck in the back um a chance of of actually getting forward 
that's a really good point because obviously uh, the, so for those that don't know and, and just to check my understanding the chronometer runs where they're moving forward an extra three inches so their movement characteristic and they get that five up for no pain right so you need someone to be handing yeah. out that to your to your models to give you the speed that you need to be able to, to get forward um <clears throat> yeah because the, the that's kind of key for you for you so um i know we're kind of jumping around but from a gotcha's point of view um your immortal or your despotech that's been buffed by chronometron and has got the strategic ploy um up for um kind of plus two inches onto the movement so you've got a kind of a base nine inch um or you've actually got um kind of a, a neck one on roller skates so you've got a an 11 inch charge on the on the despotech which is an absolute people just don't see coming um but it also gives you your only flexibility to kind of move around the back if you lose an objective and you need to get across somewhere. Um, so, so yeah, I'd, I'd always see him sitting at the back and just, even though he can't be APL buffed himself, he can help with that movement. And sorry about that, we had a little technical glitch, um, but we are now back with you. Uh, so we're just going to quickly round off on the, the final bits on uh, the strengths of, of Hyrotech. So um, you were talking then about uh, really, how how you use the uh, Apprentech and and the sort of the, the shooting mechanics that you you can and can't use. Um, yeah, so the Apprentech, as you kind of mentioned, it, he'll just sit at the back, kind of buffing others through the through the spells and then moving forward slowly. He is only two APL, so he's he's not doing masses. Um, however, his shoot through, um, so generally that's the way round I'm going to do it. So the the Cryptech has got into a decent position. Um, Apprentex still at the backboard. He's going to use that reliability of the uh, Wormblade style rerolls uh, once he's bounced off the, the Cryptech um, and, and finish someone off. Um, three, three, four, AP one Bolter um, still does work, um, but it's not it's not as lethal as the the rest of the the package they come with. And my, I guess my um, final point on strength of the team really is um, the the bugs. They probably have a better name than that. What is it like? A, uh, it's probably name. What is the name? <laughs> just bugs. The a plasmacite and plasmacite. the accelerator. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the, yeah, the reanimator and the plasma accelerator. I don't know. Yeah, the bugs. The, the little space bugs, uh, yeah. space scarabs. So anyway, um, I think that, that the fact that they have super conceal, um, this is probably where my map packs could use some improvement because I guess having that much heavy in the midboard means that you don't get the full use out of these sorts of abilities. Maybe, but. Having that super conceal means that you can obviously move them into, into what would be standardly quite dangerous positions, but actually get up the board and then get those objectives as well, which is another really key strength. So I think the next thing that's probably worth, unless you have any, do you have any other points on their strength that you want to throw in before we move on? Um, no, we've, we've, we've covered the, the shooting, the durability and the uh, space bugs, um, who are absolutely <laughs> your like your best chance of, of objective grabbing that people don't see coming. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like you, you remember what the, uh, the the mission is, right? You, you have to try and get VP, and and those bugs are going to get it for you. So just like the um, glitchlings and the Galapox infected, you got to make make full use. Um, so next thing that I think is worth touching on is is, is weaknesses. So clearly, um, you obviously went undefeated, but if someone wanted to try and defeat you, uh, what what sort of weaknesses do you think they can exploit with the team? Where, where is the team deficient, and, and what what are they struggling to do? Um, yeah, so. As I kind of mentioned really early on, um, they, 
they, they struggle in deployment, um, which sounds like a weird thing to, to say in a four turn game. But um, you're so dependent on on your synergies. Um, you're so dependent on making sure the reanimator is <clears throat> within six inch of at least at least two models, um, which means you've had to absolutely think forward for 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 where he's going to be. That the um, on the other side that you, you know exactly who you're going to buff and almost who you buff in for the plus one APL turning point one and then who where does that need to be to, to be able to get a decent buff on, on turning point two. Um and because <clears throat> depending on how cagey you are um or how aggressive you are, um shout out to, to Chris and, and Ryan and the rest of the aggressive northern meta. Um <laughs> you probably don't want to be starting half your team on an engage order, uh, depending on how much AP the other team are bringing. So there's an awful lot of pre-measuring done um, in deployment, um, which also then, as someone going against you, they could almost be doing the same thing. So it's it's really clear to someone playing against Hiratek which objectives they're going to be able to get to. Um, and and if they think that there's no chance that they can get there, especially if it's secure or loo, they're going to have to do something on it, then chances are the immortals are going to have to start and engage. So you that's whereas normally against most of the teams, you've got no way of second guessing how they're going to start, engage or conceal. Um, and then the other thing is is the absolute just stop the death mark being being used as a forward deploy. So if you've got the initiative and, and unless the person's gone death mark, move one um get on to the objectives that are the central ones because then the death mark can only come in six inches away from you uh, which means that chances are you've, you've then the the heritage circle players wasted a cp to bring someone in from space and then ends up putting them in a really terrible position that, that doesn't actually help their game plan that's a like really good point, and it's it's something that you can you can often see with quite a lot of two APL teams is predicting what where they can get to and, and what they can actually make on those those turn one moves because quite often I see it where people will deploy where only one model can reach a central objective for their team, and just by getting there first, even if you just get a toe on the objective and just APL can test it, then potentially that they can't do anything about it, or they now have to do a a, a scenario where they're going well. I'm going to have to use my comms now over here in a different position to try and make up for the fact that I, I don't have the API I need somewhere else. And that can be really, really painful. So that's an that's a, a awesome point to, to make. So abuse that their, their slow nature and their, um, the, the amount of pre-planning that they have to try and do uh, to, to, to get the most out of that. I think another sort of issue that I see, see with the team is that they've only really got um, six killers i guess um because they've got those two um space bugs you've already talked about um so do, do you find that that that's sort of an issue with the team of, of of where your killers are and and how many models you can reliably kill in a turning point um yeah because outside of the the cryptex blast um i mean you you don't even have access to a blast on a grenade you've got a, a lethal five plasma grade grenade that with no blast in effect um so you, you do struggle for for multi-kills, um, which is, again, what I would say, though, is on the teams, like on the Horde teams, uh, probably not so much Commandos, but on the other Horde teams, you, you can reliably put down a model reasonably easily with when every time you shoot. Um, so you're not going to be someone, like, you're not going to be like intercession, like working through double tapping and, and doing that. But I don't feel that the damage output 
really hurts them that much. Um, sometimes the dice can be swingy into elites, and and if you're having to funnel two or three of your shots into one model, then that's when you that's when you struggle. Um, but no, I, 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 I yeah the. The, the the issue with the six models, probably more from a damage output, it, it is the APL piece uh, that you kind of touched on. So look, you you're starting off with, I guess, on paper about seventeen APL um, with a pseudo eighteen because you can kind of force someone to do something for for free, um, and then you've got one plus one off for uh, one of the space bugs, um, but you've needed you've generally needed to use that plus one. Um, APL in order to do something so chances are you're not kind of end of turn boosting like you do with most comms just to get con- control because you, you've needed to, to, to fully utilize that during the turn um, so you, you're probably like the, the lowest APL um, in the game starting point um, which which does that really can hurt you um, on on, uh, on control um, and, and, and just, just general control of objectives that, that makes perfect sense. And I guess that APL hurt is, a, is is felt even more when you're playing Into the Dark, right? Because suddenly now you're having to open doors, you have to try and get the movement. <laughs> so you're already very slow guys are t- doing additional actions. So not, you're not able to take up as much board control as you want to early on, right? Yeah, Into the Dark. And again, this goes back to the deployment piece, but on Into the Dark, I'd almost just... <sighs> decide the lane that you're not even going to bother contesting <laughs> so just uh, almost just accept that there's one objective one room just one bit of the board that um you're just going to leave um yeah. and you're like right okay that's that's fine i can comfortably um push for for four objectives and that's it um or i'm going to play three 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 four maybe um but i'm i'm never looking at I, I want to kind of control full board state on Into the Dark. Um, whereas kind of on Open, you can, uh, mainly because of the Cryptek and the Mind. But yeah, on Into the Dark, basically just decide on your pairings or your, or your groupings um, and decide kind of which two-thirds of the map you're going to try and make yours. That makes perfect sense. And I guess the, the last bit, I, 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 when I'm observing the team, one of the areas where I think that they're potentially a little bit deficient is they don't really have any dedicated melee operatives. So... I think their guys are, 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 are like moderate level. They're, they're sort of space marines, right? They're three, four, four attacks on threes. And you can give them lethal five, which is quite nice. So, so they can bully your seven wound models quite quite well. But against any sort of dedicated um, melee, I think that's where they, they, they start to struggle. Um, and I don't really see how they can fix that too much. Do you have any thoughts on their, their melee and, and, and that sort of thing? Same thing. I think against like seven wound, eight wound models, like you said, you, you are space marine. Um, so on your immortals, um, Despotech is quite handy. Um, obviously hitting on twos, which we does kind of help you. But generally speaking, um, you're ten wound and, and you're actually looking to parry out <laughs> more, more yeah, yeah. And, and just survive. Um, but then again, you've then only got one way of, of, of APL boosting someone, um, which basically, I mean, like if you tie up two or three models, um, then they, they really struggle. Um, if they do tie you up and you parry out, then obviously, like depending on activation wise, if, if the accelerator's already gone, uh, then chances are you've, 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 you've completely and utterly screwed them, really, because... Um, they fall back and they're not doing anything. Um, so if you've timed your activations into them well, 
um, then fine. If you haven't and you've somehow charged a, um, a ready model and the plasma site's not gone, then yeah, look, I expect them to be buffed. I expect them to take a couple of steps back and blast you in the face. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, they, they, they struggle. I mean, the, the, it's that, that kind of counter. You're, you need to be within six inches for your reliability in shooting yeah. really um but then obviously you're straight into to charge range so i guess the, the other thing for me because of that because like well i'm unless i've i've done something fancy with with barricades or i've kind of like <clears throat> there's, i've not made it possible for someone to get around look you're going to be in charge range so to be honest if you can move forward i'd almost i'd rather be within two inches than within six <laughs> and <laughs> kind of just accept the fact that I'm going to get charged, but I'm going to force you to roll all of your saving dice first. Yeah. I guess as well, there's always a potential that, you know, they charge you and they kill you and that's great. Um, but you're going you're to potentially resurrect the next turn and then you can shoot them. Um, and and your, me your melee is not so bad that like, if you do blast them at close range and let's say it's a, a commander and you do eight damage, well, now suddenly... Even if they have just a scratch, they don't. They still don't want to try and fight you, right? Because if they take two hits, they're dead, um, or one hit, whatever, they're dead. So now they're having to think, oh, you know, actually, this, 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 this doesn't work anymore. And their sluggers shooting you on fours with a three-up save and an auto-retain, well, that doesn't work either. So um, I think you've sort of got a good point there. Of use that asymmetry to your advantage. Um, you're not so bad in melee that you're not going to get any hits at all, but um, you still need to be careful with, with what you do. Um, I guess I just, just thought I mentioned about resurrection there. Like, I guess it's, it's a team strength, but also a team weakness, right? Because it's not guaranteed. Um, and it's, it's, the, it's, it's the biggest feel bad in the game after um, the anointeds feel no pains. <laughs> for <you>. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, it's like as the person it's happening against, you see that kind of three up and you're like, oh. Um, and also the that kind of the tweak um, within the data slate of that kind of reanimate within three inches. Um, you can play some like pretty horrible and sneaky games depending on kind of how you how you play that, where you reanimate and then reanimating potentially in conceal. Um, so which can give someone a, a real headache um, if, if they were, um, if depending on where you died. Uh, but then from a feel bad for you, like it, if you lose two models in turning point one and both fail to reanimate, um, I mean, yeah, good luck to you. It is, it is pretty rough. And I wonder almost if, if it's worth um, like that could be a change that they do to it is is make it so it's a guaranteed action but you you get less less reanimations you know not a turn i don't know i, I think um, maybe if they made that the tweet to the technomancer because at the minute um i just don't i i mean the some people probably like post heavily in the comments um about the the, the best times to take him but he's just subpar um Whereas if he, if like, I don't know, if, if the animation rolls within six of him automatically happened or he, even though he just made your, 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 uh, your reanimation like team wide on a two plus or something, then I could kind of see him being, and that, that would be like his thing. Because um, at the minute, almost the things that were his thing got buffed anyway in the data slate. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And so you're left in this weird scenario being like, well, why am I not taking the Chronomancer? Like, it seems like the obvious choice 
in I want to say almost every matchup. And I think the Psychomancer as well needs needs something um to 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 buff him because again I think he has some niche cases, but I I'm never really seeing when when to take him. I don't know if they can make his shooting hit on twos or something, um, but maybe uh, that would be too too disgusting. Yeah, um, I think uh, into the dark against certain teams, he's great. Um, so it, it, he can shut down a room. Um, so basically making a almost a 12-inch bubble where no one can retain a crit and, and, and turning off all re-rolls. Uh, on, on into the dark, like most of those rooms, um, depending on where you position him, he he's shutting down that 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 room, um, which then, depending on the team, like can really hurt their their reliability in combat. Even like sh- shooting or um, uh, or melee, so it, it, he does have play there. Um, I mean, you, you, again, you and, and also his ability then to to kind of make an objective punishingly hard to to, to loot. Um, mm. But again, yeah, on, on open. You're just taking the chronomancer. Yeah, it kind of makes makes sense to me. Um, okay, so I think we've done a pretty good job covering the strengths and weaknesses. I think we're going to go into some gotchas and, and, and some strategy for, for playing the team and playing against the team. Uh, before we do that, Connor, um, if people are listening to this and they're enjoying it and they're thinking, you know what, this is, this is some good content, um, I, I want more of this and, and I want to try and support this channel to do a bit more of what it's doing, uh, is there a way they could go about doing that? Affiliate, damn it, too early. Okay, bollocks. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, there is. So maybe you're um, you're sat at home and you're looking at your Haritech circle on the shelf and you're itching to get them out and get them to a tournament and play them yourself. Well, why don't you come along to uh, to our tournament, Turning Point Tactics Tournament. It's on the 25th and 26th of November. We'd love to see you. Uh, me and Ben actually said off-air that he's taking his B-tier team and he's going to crush everyone. So if you, uh, if you think you can take Ben, then uh, come down. We'd love to see you. Uh, just touching on that, um, it's getting close, and we would like to have emailed out the tournament packet. You're probably wondering if you bought a ticket, where is the tournament packet? We've just got a few hurdles with that. So, as a workaround, what we've done uh, in the description to this video, you'll find a link tree. On the link tree, we've added the tournament packet, so you can find it there. We're still hoping to try and get the tournament packet emailed out to you, but um, in the meantime, please use a link tree. The, the information's all there, and please share it out amongst everyone else too. Um, we know that it's good to get the data ahead of time. But um, yeah, so come to the tournament. That's a great way to support. Another way is to uh, become a patron. It would cost you £3 a month, which, uh, what does that get us? Well, that gets us a couple of packets of blue tack. And if you've uh, perhaps seen Turning Point 5, uh, then you can see the good work that that goes to. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally holding the show together. <laughs> but uh, what does that get you? Well, that gets you... Early access to all of our videos, as well as some exclusive patron-only content. Uh, we've got a Discord community on there as well that's growing and growing. It's f- phenomenal to see. Uh, you'll get access to uh, patron priority questions too, which is an episode we do where we answer all those queries that you've you've got and need an answer to. And then lastly, perhaps um, perhaps even you've seen uh, Mean Ben's Necrons. They were gorgeous, I must say. Good work, Ben. In a GFN Gaming's channel, and if you haven't seen it, go watch the vid. It's an incredible bat rep. And you want to assemble and build your own set of Hyrotech Circle. Oh, Gallopox, the Gallopox look good too, Ross. Well, if you buy them through Element Games, which will be supporting the aggressive Northern Meta's stronghold, uh, if you buy them using our affiliate link, which is on that link tree in the description below, then that will also help to support the podcast. 
And if you're in the US, you can do the same, but through Noble Night Games, and that's another way to support the podcast. And then lastly, if you just hit like and subscribe and share this with people that you think would enjoy this sort of content, then that's also much appreciated too. Awesome stuff. And uh, yeah, so the the tournament, by the way, has done really, really well. Uh, We've managed to sell all 64 tickets. Oh, phenomenal. Which is, you know, absolutely incredible. Um, If you're still looking for tickets and you can only do one day, um, please still reach out and get in contact with me about the Sunday because there's a few people that won't be able to make it Sunday. I'm sure we can arrange something there uh, to to get you involved. Um, But if not, we'll, we'll see what we can do to try and get some of the stuff about the tournament shared um and all that sort of, um, sort of stuff with the you know who's winning who's playing where and that sort of stuff and i don't know if we can get a stream set up it might not be achievable for this one but definitely something we'll try and, and work towards in future so um yeah that's a yeah i mean with the board. polish of this pod I'm, I'm sure a stream will be uh <laughs> <laughs> easy to achieve <laughs> Exactly. Like, everyone's seen it. Everyone who's seen Turning Point Five knows 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 the behind the scenes now. There's no hiding from it. Um, it's, uh, it's yeah. We're, we're trying to get there. So interestingly, next um, or this this Friday, uh, this Friday we, we're, we are going to try and do some live streaming stuff down at Sanctuary. Um, I you know it will be a learning experience. Um, I've bought about 800 packs of blue tack, so I think we're going to be able to be be ready for and it. And that's just for we'll eating. <laughs> yeah. That's just to get me through the game. Um, so yeah, we'll see how it goes, but hopefully we'll have another episode of Turning Point 5. And if you guys are interested and you want to you know, come along and, and see that, then that's where we'll be. Uh, and we'll try and make it a regular thing. I'll try and advertise it a bit better in future as well. So um, that's the good stuff to look forward to. All right, awesome. So let's go into some, a bit more on, on Hyrotech because it's sort of our Hyrotech deep dive, I guess. We've got two last bits to try and cover off. Um, one is the sort of gotchas, which is, I guess, where you can get easily caught out um, or something you didn't know a team could do. And then suddenly you're playing it for the first time and you and something happens and you go, oh, I, I really should have predicted this and sh- should have known this was coming, um, but I didn't know about it. So is there any main gotchas that you're tracking Ben, from from your team that you think is worth all being aware of? Um, yeah, and I, I'm going to not claim this one. I'm going to sh- shout out to Clostry for 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 this one. Um, it kind of spoke about it before, but I think it was when the kind of the, the recording went off. So um, basically, the the Despotech can be an absolute pain in the ass. So effectively the despotech if you've got the strategic ploy up that gives you plus two uh, two inch movement um and then he gets a chronometron boosted you've basically got this um nine inch um moving um super speedy necron um or an 11 inch charging uh necron <laughs> so obviously at the point of him carrying that over um, and being uh, chrono chrono boosted you then APL boost him. So effectively, you've then got this three APL Despotech um, <clears throat> that can be given lethal five, is hitting on twos. Um, again, I know we've spoken about them not being overly reliable on in in, uh, in close combat, but if you're finishing somebody off, so effectively, you've got this 11-inch charge. You're going to finish someone off. You've then got this uh, hitting on twos, absolute shooting beast in the back line um which so it's your he's probably one of your only chances really of a double kill 
because mm. um, effectively once he's within six, he's rolling with double balanced. So he's going to have the, the re-roll six from the strap ploy, but he can also do demand on himself. <laughs> so effectively, you're, you're hitting on twos with two re-rolls. So he's, he's, he's putting most things down. Um, he's then in their back line, look, 12 wounds, three plus save, five up feeling the pain. Um, he's, he's nearly a Hulk that can come back to life. Um, <laughs> and then, and then if so, if people think, all right, well, he's activated now, I'm going to leave him, um, then pop the crit tech, um, and then force him to overwatch on threes. Um, and if you haven't used his, his demand reroll, you're hitting on threes still with a reroll. Um, so you've got that chance within two moves and then the cryptic goes and blasts something else. So you can very quickly kind of remove four models in two activations, um, which can just be absolutely crippling for, for the other person. That does sound absolutely brutal. And it's that, again, finding a way around the reliability because now he hits on twos, as you say, the Overwatch becomes so much more reliable. Um, and even hitting on twos in, in, in melee, is that true, um, I think? Uh, yeah, so yeah. It's he's he yeah he's just an absolute monster. So he he can now probably quite reliably do seven damage with um with a with a reroll and lethal five on his bayonet in, in melee, and then go and shoot someone for a reliable probably twelve eight to twelve damage, which is um like absolutely gross. So that's that, that's pretty awesome uh, as a as a, as a move goes. But that's also like I guess when it comes to alpha strikes, there's a, there's a certain move that probably earned you the name Mean, mean Ben. Um, of being able to do that as well that the, the team can do. Which do you, do you want to talk through some of the alpha strike potential that they have? <laughs> Even the dogs, yeah. king. The dogs, the dogs, <laughs> super excited about the alpha strike. Is, tell him, tell is, him. Is, as is everyone, it's like aggr- aggressive northern meta, aggressive northern meta. It's so excited. Um, yeah, I mean, you've got uh, again on the on the Chronomancer um, a, a a great blast weapon. Um, so again, you've you've got the ability to um, potentially um, he, he can leech on himself. Uh, sorry, to leech on himself. He can leech something uh, to be started on on four APL. Um, you're not really going to be doing anything with the uh, the kind of the free command because no one's really going to be in in position. Um, although a thing to do is to use your dash um, if you're playing secure or anything else use your dash to get an immortal onto a point um, and then even if you're alpha striking with your first activation um, you can then pop the guy for free to to secure um, cast a chronometer on yourself so you've got a, basically a 9 to 12 inch move with fly um, so pretty much any mid board uh, vantage point is, is yours for for, for fun um and then you're just gonna blast anything that's 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 kind of poorly deployed uh, behind light cover um because obviously some people aren't expecting you to be able to get onto a mid a midpoint vantage with the first move of the game um uh, if you have managed to do it with just a move you can then dash off so you're not even getting shot back or probably even got to um, but if you can, you've cast Chronometron, you've probably popped the equipment for the four up save. And like we said before, um, chances are you, you, you kind of survive in any way. Uh, and most teams, look, you, you've probably got that, that one guy with the plasma hiding behind, um, hiding behind the heavy, um, but you've started everybody else on conceal. So yeah. Okay. All right. He, he might be removed. He might not. 
Um, the other thing is, by the time they popped the plasma out, if you've got other shooting options, you could have moved something else within um, two inches of him, um, and then you can spend a CP to to redirect the shot against against that thing. If that dies, fine, reanimate, um, and then your cryptech still just just stood there on on full health, ready to cause chaos and turning point two. Just doesn't care. Yeah, it's it's pretty brutal. Because also, there's, there's so many ways for you to try and force this through as well. So, I was just thinking then, in ITD, you can use that command to, I guess, open hatchways open for him door. as well. Yeah. So, um, and with the, I guess, death mark forward deploy, um, can you do that? Oh, no, yeah, I guess you can. You can use that in ITD as well, right? So, that's another way to open a hatch on turning point one. Yeah. So, suddenly, you can just open two hatches in your first activation and, and be blasting across the map, which is probably not something that people um, are no. seeing <laughs> coming, um, which is which is pretty rough. So, um, that sounds, yeah, pr- pretty damn brutal. So, make sure you watch out for that. You know, the, the Alpha Strike is something you definitely have to prepare for. And I guess we're sort of... Um, moving a little bit in, into the strategy for for how, how you play against this team but the I think if you're not if you're not predicting that alpha strike coming and fully measuring out the, the huge distances that these guys can can get to um then 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 you, you gotta be gotta be ready for it and I guess almost it, it comes to a point where you might just have to let them shoot one person and just accept that you you're, you're gonna all space out more than two inches in light cover and you are going to eat some form of shooting, but make it so it's someone weak, you know, rather than having the classic, you know, vet guard, super bubble, all behind heavy cover, they're going to see one of you. <laughs> they're going to get an angle on one. And then if they hit your whole team, it, it's going to be game over. So if you've got lots of models, maybe your, you know, your breaches, your your vet guard or your inquisition or something like that, you have 12 plus models it might be worth um, eating some shooting rather than all of it by, by spreading out in, into light cover as well. Um, I, I think that's uh, some, some pretty smart moves there. One that you already touched on is that forced overwatch, which I think is, um, again, you know, something to look for, is the you can't just leave models once they've activated. Um, you have to be ready for them to, 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 to do that again and potentially even fight in combat. So you can't just... Um, charge into them and sort of uh, move block them by just sitting in melee because they will fight you with, with a command action. And generically, the way a lot of the the cryptic actions work is, is is it's until they do the next activation. So you almost want to do this: cryptic goes first, and then cryptic goes very last on turning point two. So your cryptic action uh, is whoa, continued. Whoa, don't be jumping forward to strategy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, we, we, are, we, are, we are getting ahead of ourselves. So um, other gotchas. So obviously we, we've touched on the uh, the Despotech monster of an 11-inch charge, um, the Alpha Strike and uh, the, the Forced Overwatch. Is there anything else that you think is worth um, covering well, off? So there's, there's one that we were <laughs> discussing before the tournament um, and I never managed to get off. Um, and I do feel that if you did, it was it'd be potentially be a bit of a feel bad um but uh, shout out to reddit for this one um it, the bounce shot um because you, you draw a line of sight from the the kind of the the target you're going through but the shoot action is obviously from the original thing so in theory you could charge the apprentech into somebody in the back line uh, the apprentech in effect is is safe from from being shot um, but then can be shot through <laughs> uh, 
um, which, oh, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I feel that'd be a, a real feel bad. Um, but obviously, as I said before, the apprentice tends to, to sit at the back, so I never got to pull that one off. But um, we were discussing beforehand that that would be quite a, um, yeah, a, a nice little uh, gotcha to, to get off. So is there a potential there for your apprentice to get, sorry, your, um, your cryptech to be given plus three move to be doing nine and then charging up to 11. 11, yeah. Hiding in combat with fly and then having someone shoot through him. That's yeah, so the, the, yeah, the apprentice doesn't have fly though, so that's the different thing. But ah, still, okay. an 11-inch charge is still going to, yeah, give you an awful lot of mobility. And it, that's the thing, look, the, the biggest weakness is the mobility. Um, so it almost becomes the biggest gotcha um, mm. because people are just not expecting because um, effectively you can chrono boost two models per turn from turning point two so obviously like you said it, it carries over so whatever you do don't waste the chrono on a model that's um, already activated so you're going to start with one already boosted he can do whatever movement he needs and use the fiber field of pain if he needs to and then spell it on somebody else and then they've also got this additional three inch move for that turn and that's like a, such a good point is again the way the expiry works on those 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 options means that you you can be like maxing it out every single turn using multiple models to be able to get these benefits um and that's really going to hurt people when, when it comes to your ability to move around the map because as you talked about that and this is where i think it's gonna be so hard for so hard for high tech players not to take the chronomancer because he is the, the main thing that you're deficient in, he is fixing. And with the six six main threats in your team, making two of them actually faster than the average threat or like a, the speed of a space marine, I guess, is is pretty terrifying. So um, that's, a, that's a pretty awesome ability that they have. Um, okay, what else have we missed? We, we talked about the, 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 the Chrono Mine already. I think we talked about... Um, the super conceal, the forward deployed death mark, um, ITD, and the alpha strike. Was there anything else that you think you wanted to touch on from a, from a gotcha's point of view? Uh, no, don't, don't think so. Yeah, we've pretty much covered. Um, and to be honest, if people want to add a load more into the comments, then uh, that's fine by me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you th if you think we've we've missed something because we haven't talked about uh, maybe something that the um, uh, I don't know, the, the Psychomancer does that you think is really, really uh, important and is going to catch your opponent unawares, um, then, then please throw it down below because uh, we'll, we'll love to hear it and hopefully it will help everyone else out understand this team a bit better and, and really min-max them because um, it's, it's so cool to see this team doing doing so much better. So I guess that the, the final point that we'll touch on before we uh, before we close off is, is, is a strategy of, of how you play this team um, and, and how best to play against this team, if that makes sense. So um, we've probably covered off a lot of these points already, but it's always good to go for a little bit of a summary and, and a re-attack. So any any points that you want to throw in, Ben, on on, on the, the, the strategies that you have? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've touched on it. The, the thing that I did really poorly the first few games, um, you just kind of get better at, is your deployment. So... Um, <clears throat> Because of the limited movement um, and also it then being tied into a strategic ploy and potentially being tied into, look, chances are most teams are going to out-activate you apart from elites. Um, so having 
two, three models on an engage, um, especially against, I don't know, a team like Gasakin or maybe even Hurtkin, um, is probably not how you want to start turning point one. Um, but then if you're going to go conceal, um, you, you've, you've got the, the movement issue. So absolutely take your time in deployment. Decide who your groupings are. Um, so decide which objective is going to be almost the death mark plus maybe a bug because uh, it can get there. Um, which objective is going to be your, um, I need to boost an immortal. Now, is my boosted immortal um, the APL boosted one to go and do it? Or is it going to be um, a, a pregame dash? So is that what I'm going to do? I'm going to do recon because even with then four inches, so that, that, that objective is annoyingly seven inches away. Yeah, but now even with my my four inch movement, I can still get there and do loot or secure. If it's capture, doesn't really matter. I mean, I've still got, I've got seven inches even with the limiting um, movement um, and then it's your position of your your reanimator and your accelerator like I've touched on um, your reanimator you want that in a position that it's covering as, as many things as possible so you have got super conceal um, so maybe um, your opponent wonders what the hell you're doing that you've put a barricade in like no man's land between two objectives um, but actually what you've then done is you've generated this 12 inch reanimation bubble um, they're probably not going to be able to get to your reanimator. They can't take him out from, from advantage, um, but you can now get two points covered where you're going to get that reanimation from from him. Um, so that's something to think about on the deploy. And then also think about your tack ops. So um, depending on which ones you've gone, how it, which side do I want? So obviously a lot of time you give defender away and... and I think it's less important. So sometimes for, for, for me, look, if, if there's if I can get a really well protected center line and central control because of the way the, the scenery is, is laid out, I'm gonna take defender and I'm gonna sit on on that point and try and double up my score from there. That's yeah, those are, are really, really good points. And I think the the tack up point I just want to sort of reattack is it's. I think it's something that people often overlook. Is is looking at, at what your your opponent team can take as well. Like say, when you're, when you're choosing sides, you have to think. You know, if you're playing against a security team, and you give them the ability to sit on the centre line or sit in central control with really good cover, um, or you had the ability to take that away from them, then like why would you why would you not do that? Just make their life difficult when it comes to tack up selection. And the same can be said for seize ground or whatever it's going to be. But I, but but look at it and, and and go, you know, what what can I do here to maybe force them into a play style that's unfavorable for them? Is is a a, a really I think pro pro level move when it comes to this sort of um, this sort of thing. I guess as well, you know, that there's an element of there's certain models in this team that have to do a lot of heavy lifting, um, and and I'm cautious of telling you to throw too much down the drain when it comes to like trying to kill a cryptech, but Potentially, if you can get through their their armor save them vulnerable by using melee or something like that instead, if you can kill that cryptech early on, it's going to really hurt them when it comes to their ability to actually do all these these special things like abilities that they, they want to be able to do. Um, and so, the alpha strike is terrifying, but also it could be an opportunity. So, if you can limit how much damage that, that alpha strike can actually do, so you're spaced out correctly or wherever it is going to be, so they can really realistically only hit one model and they lose their cryptech for that 
with the reliability of the reanimation rolls, all that sort of stuff, then th- there's a chance there that it could go really wrong for them. So um, make them make them pay for the alpha strike, if that makes sense. So make make it so that if they if they really want to do it, then it's it's going to hurt them to to, to do that. Um, yeah. I- I completely agree. I mean, I I didn't do the Alpha Strike at all in any four games um, for that exact reason. I just didn't want to risk the the cryptic that the, the mine being down and the board control far outweighed potentially getting two kills. Um, so I mean, the the cryptic can be sat on a on a vantage point in cover, um, just laughing at everybody at turning point one. Um, and then you've then got the fly. So turning point two, you almost can do a turning point two alpha strike. So you just, you, you activate him, he drops the mine again, blasts someone, and then flies away to safety or obscurity. Um, yeah. But yeah, keeping him alive. If, if you can take him off the board in turning point one or two and he doesn't reanimate, then yeah, you, you, you probably, you're actually probably going to stomp the Heritech player. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a a very difficult thing for them to come back from because also now one of the changes is that once he's dead the buffs go away right so um they can immediately lose all that those special abilities that they've they've been trying to keep for so long i guess if you are an aggressive aggressive player you know maybe you, you hail from the northwest of the uk um you know and uh and, and you have that in your blood then th- that apprentex is going to be your best friend to at least offset a little bit of that uh, to make sure you have the ability to, to use some of the, the cryptic abilities when your cryptic might be out of the fight on turn one after his alpha strike. But um, that's that, that's awesome. Is there any other things from strategy that you think is worth touching on? Um, yeah, I, I guess you, you've already touched it. So, so they're, they're not strong in, in, in melee and, and if they get tied up in it, then you, your game plan's kind of out of the window. So um, again, you're looking at strategic placements of barricades. You're looking at being just under the one inch from behind it to, to, to stop you, you being charged. Um, so it, everything about this team ties into security. Um, so you're just constantly looking at, at board control. Um, so, but yeah, look, if you're going into them, tying them up in melee, really, melee really messes them up. Um, and to be honest, yeah, we're talking about them being durable, but bringing AP weapons, um, look, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter about your wounds. If you been blasted in the face with a, with a plasma. Um, and although, the, the starting wounds, they're like, I don't know, 75, 77-ish. And yeah, okay, you, you're going to heal two and you've got the potential of reanimating up to two models with eight wounds again. Um, but also you've got the potential that the you've just fluffed two reanimation rolls um, and you've suddenly lost board state on, on half the board um, at the start of turning point two. Yeah, and and because and that's the thing is like, again, we touched on the movement penalty right it's they can't get it back so once you've once you've done that damage to them they they it's going to be very very difficult for them to get a model back over to the other side of the board so you have to be i guess quite um cautious with where you're risking and and, and what you have to do because you touched on it there right? you're a 10 wound model which which on paper does seem like a lot and, and generically it is but against damage five weapons like your, your plasma guns and that sort of stuff it's gonna eat through you just just as easy as, as anything else um, so, so you really have to be careful with, with those. But I guess the the, the main things that I'm hearing is the the, the Hyrotech team really wants to control your movement. They want to lock down a certain area of the board with their mine, 
um, and and force you to play their game like slowly, um, and it will stop you from charging. It will stop you from being able to, to get get the range that you want. So, for, for again, thinking about that from from a, from a broader perspective, think about where you can move out width of that. So set up your your models to get as as many angles as possible and, and as many um, routes as possible towards those areas, um, and maybe deploy slightly further forward than you want to to be able to make up for that because. If you, you know, they have to choose where to put that mine. They have to choose which side they're gonna they're gonna movement buff someone. Um, and if you can make it unfavorable for them, so suddenly they go, well, well, now actually I have to go, you know, over this side or that side, and I have to choose between do I shut down this plasma gun threat on the left or the melt gun threat on the right. Well, now suddenly you've achieved achieved what you wanted to, right? And you're really able to get your threat models uh, into the mix. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, like the the ideal board state for me as a heretic player is that the other person has panicked and just lumped everyone behind the one heavy in the in their deployment. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'm just going to put the nano mine on the other side of that heavy, and good luck even getting out of your deployment. So it's a four inch movement penalty just to just to begin the game, which uh, against a lot of teams is going to be absolutely disgusting. So <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I guess, you know, I kind of touched on this already, um, but there is an opportunity for people to see this in action uh, and, and in a live bat rep on uh, GFN Gaming, and it is absolutely incredible quality. So um, if you haven't seen it yet and you're thinking, you know what, this this podcast has, has excited me a little bit and I'm I'm interested about Hyrotech now, well, head over to GFN Gaming. Uh, you'll see it on one of the videos there, Hyrotech Circle versus Galapox Infected. You can see Ben playing him for real um, against against Russ's Galapox and and being being real mean about it as well. Um, but it's it's a fantastic bat rep. And I recommend all of GFN's videos. You know, he, he does some really, really high quality stuff. Um, and I don't know how he puts them out so quickly, to be honest. So um, yeah, head on over there and you, and you can see all, all of this uh, in in live Technicolor, uh, which is which is far better than what we're doing here talking about it, probably. Um, is there anything else that you had on on strategy, Ben, that you wanted to throw in? Um, no, I think we've, we've pretty much covered it. Ideal, Connor. Anything else that you think you've even listened to this that you think, hey, we, we've we, we've missed this? Uh, just want to say a big thanks to Ben for finally coming on the show and in true Necron fashion. Um, I'm sure you'll be back. <laughs> hey, fuck it. We've had to wait. We've had to wait an hour for, for, for that, but, but well done. <laughs> Connor's bringing the high value uh, jokes as always. No, but on, on a serious note, you know, thank you so much for coming on. It is, is a pleasure. Um, and, you know, we, we have been trying to get you on at an appropriate point and various conflicting schedules uh, hasn't allowed it. But um, it's awesome that we have finally managed to get you on. We need to get Dan on as well at some point, And that'll be the, the next thing to do because uh, for anyone who doesn't know, both Ben and Dan are, are part of the Turning Point Tactics team uh, representing us at that tournament. So, Whenever these guys go and, and, and crush it and win, um, whenever sorry, whenever Ben goes and crushes it and wins, um, we get all the points for that, which is really really helpful and uh, helps show what we um, what we can do, which is which is awesome. So um, massive congratulations again on, on the win. You um, thank absolutely you. nailed it, um, and hopefully we'll see um, a lot more of that in in future. Um, Okay, I think that's going to bring us to the end of the episode. So hopefully uh, you found something new or useful whilst listening. And if you did, throwing us a like would be greatly appreciated. And if you want to make sure you don't miss any episodes, make sure you hit that subscribe button with a little bell and you get a new notification as soon as the next one drops. That really is a re- uh, the best way to help a small channel like ours. Um, if you can't wait and you do want early access, we do have a Patreon where you get exclusive access to all of our content ahead of time. 
As always, we'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback, so drop us a comment below and we'll get right to you. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Ryan. This has been Turning Point Tactics, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye.